0: What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waltrip, and alongside me, as always, is the Braves are winning an NLDS collage, and we are Atlanta Zone. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was, Atlanta professional sports, whack-ass hijinks, euphoria, and analysis. This is a special little mini-sode after game two of the 2020 NLDS where the Braves have taken, taken a commanding lead over the Marlins, two, to, two games to none, with just one game left to secure a birth to the NLCS to face the winner of the Dodgers and the Padres. Adam, how's it going, sir? Graham, it's obviously going really well right now. Uh, careful with the use of words like commanding. It is a commanding lead. You can't deny that. Well, you know, we've been swept in series before. All it takes is three games. True. But, you know, I mean, it's just such a weird sensation to be up two games to nothing. Um... And in great fashion. Like, the first, game one was just the offensive, the offense showing up, picking up Freed. Game two, bullpen, Ian Anderson. You got to love it, man. Like, I understand we're playing the Marlins, but we're up 2 nothing in the NLDS this time. Feels like we've been in the playoffs forever, but it's only the NLDS. But it feels fantastic. Yeah, it might have been more of a bitch to face the Padres or the Cardinals or the Dodgers, but... You can't—I mean, like, I'm trying to convince myself not to think about that shit. And I think it's a defense mechanism because I'm not used to this. I, mean, I haven't felt this confident since I was 11 years old that the Braves can actually succeed in the playoffs. It's a very odd feeling. Like, you know, we were just saying—you were just saying, would you ever think that we would be up 2 nothing in a playoff series? I was like, not in my lifetime.
1: Yeah, for the rest we,
0: of my life, we, we lose game one and then we win game two, somehow. we win game two and are ecstatic. It's the best day of our life right. to be one, one, generally going back to the other team's home field and hopefully split there and then win game five. So the Marlins do get home field advantage if you call it tomorrow. Um, but you know, it's gonna be interesting. I mean, they, they got their race going out there in 6 0 Sanchez. We got Kyle Wright going out there, but Brian Snitker, Graham and I kept talking about the whole game. He's been saving some arms, so we've consistently seen Matzik. We've seen Martin in Game One, who had a, he had a rough Game One. Melanson's been out there every day. Will Smith has been an absolute stud. Darren O'Day's been out there, but we got Mentor, who we haven't seen. We've got Tomlin, who we haven't seen. Shane Green, who we haven't seen. Grant Dayton, who we haven't seen. And uh, who's the other guy we were talking about? We got one more, Graham. Bryce Wilson. Bryce Wilson. Noah. and Probably somebody else we're not thinking of. Point is, I think Sticker's been strategic. He's holding out of these arms, I assume for game four, but maybe you just throw him out there game three, take care of business. We'll see what Kyle Wright does. But if he does get in trouble early tomorrow, expect one of those guys to come out of the bullpen pretty quick. I thought it was really clutch of, of God or whoever's up there, Adam, honestly, to delay that second game of the Cubs-Marlins because what that did is it basically did not give Sixto a uh, full five days to recover for game two. And now Manly decided not to pitch him short rest and pitch him game three. And basically what that gave us is that even though Pablo Lopez actually pitched a pretty decent game, only gave up two runs, that certainly gave us the advantage, a leg up, for sure in game two and also it basically makes game three a kind of a fucking game for the Braves if we if we don't perform well and we lose who cares we got two more chances to take care of business as opposed to holy shit we gotta face six to Sanchez maybe we lose and now it's a 1-1 game I mean everything's just kind of coming up millhouse for the Braves right now so Graham it sounds like this is a playoff miracle yeah and that, and that you're admitting to the baseball gods possibly existing that was the baseball gods that rained out that <laughs> Cubs-Marlins game. You know what would be really a cruel twist of fate is if that they did this just to get our hopes up and think, oh man, they're one game away from the NLDS, but they're going to lose three games in a row now. What if that's their way of, no. of fucking with us? We're staying humble. Okay. We're staying humble. Right. I'm not getting excited about anything yet. All right. You sound pretty excited. I'm excited in the moment. you got to appreciate a win. Right. But... I mean they got their ace going tomorrow, that could be two one. We got we don't have a fourth pitcher, that could be two two and then we're going to game five, we've got Freed, so it is it is scary in the sense that now our you know, we're finally getting into ter- territory we haven't gone into in the postseason in the sense that now we have you know, we've seen Freed and Anderson pitch a combined four games now, and all of a sudden you start you start to get to a place that we haven't seen before, where now Kyle Wright comes out there. And you have to wonder, how is he going to react to the big stage and all that stuff? And then, not just tomorrow, but how does that affect us the rest of the way in the sense of who's pitching game four? Is it a bullpen game? And then, if, God forbid, if there's a game five, is free, going to be ready to go. So this opens up a lot of questions, and the, you, you, you just hope that we can do what we did the game, maybe scrape out a couple of solo home runs and get the fuck out of – Wherever we are. Houston. Houston. Yeah, let's let's move down to Arlington. Like, things are looking good, but we're not going to get ahead of ourselves. Keep taking care of business. We haven't lost a playoff game. That's pretty freaking remarkable. Four playoff games in a row victorious. Keep it going. I want to give these Marlins their first ever playoff loss. There's some cocky Marlins fans out there on Twitter because they got a couple World Series in the bag. But, um, you know, Fantastic job today in a game that we didn't play that great. Honestly, no. Like the offense, we we never had two runners on base at the same time. There were no real threats. The just th- a couple solo homers. The only threat really was a Marquez leadoff double. I can't remember what inning that was, but um, you know, after that we had Riley strike out, Acuna strike out, and I think Freddie grounded out. That was a nice play by Birdie to rob him of a hit. However, yeah, it, it was just frustrating today that we couldn't come through with guys on base at all. And thank God Ian Anderson pitched the game of his life today. Once again, just... Is it? What? Was that the game of his life? I think he pitched better against Cincinnati. I think God Ian Anderson's a stud. Yeah, maybe that's the the right thing to say. Thank God he came out with another great performance today. Got out of that first inning jam. Yeah, had his one bad inning, and then was just pretty much lights out for the rest of the game. But uh, not to toot my own horn, but I kept saying, man, Ian Anderson's the real deal, and so far he's proven me right. Yeah, you've had a lot of bad predictions, but that one you got right, Graham. So what, what did you think about Anderson being pulled whenever that was the uh, in the sixth? You know honestly, I mean, you know I'm generally I, – I go with Snit's gut. Technically nothing Snit has done so far this playoff has been wrong. But after the big strikeout, I would have let Ian Anderson – attack that next hitter. Yeah, it was a a long at bat. I mean, it must have been at least 10 pitches if not more against Jesus Aguilar. He struck him out, and it was like, well, he's got all the momentum in the world. He's only got one guy on first base. Why not let him finish? Then O'Day comes in, hits a guy, walks another guy, bases loaded, and luckily Matt Joyce grounded out to first base. I mean, he did a good job getting out of the situation, but um, it's not to play hindsight as 2020 because we won the game and everything worked out, but it it was one of the scarier moments so far against the Marlins in the sense that I, you know, that was probably the most afraid I've been during, in, in this in this playoff series. Even when we were down 4-1 to one in game one, I was like, the offense can just get going. I know the offense can get going. It's going to be okay. Like, I'm not as concerned because this is the third inning. But this is, like, the sixth inning. And, you know, and, our, and, our, and the offense hadn't done shit yet. And it was just, you know, throughout the whole game other than those two home runs. So you're just like, if the Marlins can bust it out here and score three or four runs, that could be all she wrote potentially. So it was a very scary, scary scenario for sure. Yeah, I would. I would have let Anderson keep going, even though I know he was like a 91, 92 pitches, but he looked great all day. So, hey, but it worked out. Fucking. Trust that bullpen. He's trusting those veterans. I mean, you get the logic. It's a rookie out there, tough situation. Yeah. Let O'Day get the last out. It, it worked out. Um, we're gonna keep trusting that bullpen. Mm-hmm. They're they're studs. Great offense. Great. I mean, the bullpen might be the best part of our team. They are. I think that is... Like, everyone's tooting our offense's horn, but, I mean, this bullpen is just consistent as hell. Wait, They've given up, what, one run now? And Chris Martin yeah, yesterday? that's it. Come on. Yeah, it's I mean like, The bullpen is clearly the MVP of the postseason so far. I think they, they pitched something like 20... I don't even know how many innings they pitched, but, yeah, I think Chris Martin's the only guy that's given up a run thus far, and that is insane, considering all the... I mean, without a bullpen, we don't beat the Reds. We don't win that first game. If we have a bullpen like the Cubs or the Cards or the Padre, you, know, you know, we're not sitting here talking about we're in the NLDS probably. So kudos to Alex Anthopoulos for addressing that need and attacking it. I tell you, like after 2018, man, I mean, I know we didn't get anybody until the trade deadline in 2019, but, you know, started to build a foundation of a strong bullpen, and now it's so hulked out to the point where it's like, you feel confident with anybody. I mean, also, is just unbelievable. Also, thank God they didn't put Luke Jackson on this uh, second the NLDS roster. I was a little concerned that was going to happen, but I think we've moved on from Luke Jackson being someone we have to worry about in the playoffs. And that's good, too, from Snickers' standpoint, not relying on him. You yeah. don't need to be doing that. So now, Adam, the stage is set for Game 3 tomorrow, 6 to Sanchez versus Kyle Wright. Another 2 o'clock game. And we'll be watching. Y'all will be watching. We'll be hoping and praying for the first visit to the LCS since I won. So and, uh, yeah. Enjoy this win, Atlanta. 2 nothing. Stay humble. Nothing's a given. Yeah, don't be spouting off on Twitter like Acuna did and strike out four times the next day. Yeah, that's an excellent point. Yeah, it's, it's a long series still. We've seen teams come back from this. I think they said like 87% of teams up to nothing win in the NLDS. Atlanta has a tendency to fall in that 13% every now and then. So let's, uh, let's just get that next one and then we'll celebrate a little more. Yeah, it's far from over. But it's also, at the same time, very close. You can sniff it, you can smell it, you can feel it. As Bruce Springsteen said, I smell blood. <laughs> All right. Until next time, we'll uh, probably talk to you guys next week. Hopefully we're talking about a Braves trip to the NLCS. Hospitality. sip.